Welcome to the Thrive Alcohol Recovery Podcast, where we share tips, information, and success stories about a revolutionary treatment for alcohol use disorder called the Sinclair Method, or TSM. TSM can help most people reduce rather than abstain from alcohol by addressing the root cause of problem drinking, which is inside the brain. I'm your host, Katie Lane, Sinclair Method success story and co-founder of Thrive Alcohol Recovery, where we help you find freedom from problem drinking using this approach so that you can live your best life. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, you guys. So I just out on a walk and I felt um, well, something that's been on my mind quite a bit lately. I mean, honestly, off and on for years, but I think it's been on my mind um, a lot more recently just based on some reflections I've been doing from my own uh, journey through the Sinclair Method and also some uh, outreach and inquiries I've just been getting from some people and do get on a regular basis. And really what I want to convey in this video is a simple message of the fact that you are worth it. You are worth it. And what I mean by that is you are worth overcoming alcohol use disorder through this environment. You are worth doing whatever it takes so that you can truly uh, break free from to- a toxic relationship with alcohol and get to a place where you are feeling genuinely empowered over alcohol, whether that means you're drinking in moderation and when you want to, or whether that means you're going alcohol free. And the reason I wanted to speak to this today is because something that we really have to be aware of when we have alcohol use disorder is the fact that alcohol really clouds our mind, our judgment, and our emotions. And what happened for me, and I've heard from countless other people as well, is that alcohol uh, really stripped away my self-confidence and my self-worth and my self-respect. And I would treat myself in a way that really did not demonstrate self-respect. I would, in fact, just sabotage myself on a regular basis. Um, And I did that through alcohol, through other ways I treated myself, how I allowed other people to treat myself. Um, And I really attribute, you know, the toxicity of excessive alcohol to really diminishing my confidence and my self-respect and my self-worth for nearly a decade. And so when people start on the Sinclair Method, whether they realize it or not, I think many people and, and, you know, many people who start on the Sinclair Method are incredibly successful people who maybe from the outside world, they have it all. But the alcohol use disorder is a piece that's really weighing them down. And for many of us who start this treatment, um, we can start it from a place of feeling somewhat worthless. Uh, Perhaps we don't respect ourselves. Um, you know, perhaps we're still in a place where alcohol still has a lot of control and power over our lives. And so what I see happen, um, and honestly, I I saw this first with myself, where I started this treatment and I had so much shame around my drinking and just shame around who I was. Like I said, I really didn't have confidence or self-respect. And guys, to be honest, like this was not something that I obviously recognized when I was starting on the method. It was something that really came to me many months in throughout the treatment and still continues to come to me through different revelations and insights and things. Uh, But I started this treatment really from this mindset of feeling somewhat worthless, but knowing I wanted to get my drinking under control. Uh, But that feeling of, you know, feeling worthlessness and lack of self-respect caused me to 
you know, kind of hide in my shame corner and, you know, get the medication and just be like, okay, I'm going to figure this out on my own. I don't need anybody's help uh, because asking for help really requires a lot of vulnerability and, um, you know, willingness to um, admit that we have struggled and we're uh, being, you know, we're willing enough to be open to ask someone for help. Um, but because I didn't have self-respect, um, I really didn't reach out for help. And for the first many months on the Sinclair Method, I was doing it on my own. And I was kind of humbled several months in when, um, you know, I was seeing the medication work really well, but I was drinking through it and I was still using alcohol as a coping tool. And I had this epiphany moment where I realized, like, if I really want to change my relationship with alcohol and become someone whose life does not revolve around alcohol then I'm gonna have to like up my game and take this to the next level <laughs> and the next level and the next level. And that's when I um, started thinking, seeking out therapy and getting support and really making these lifestyle changes that were pretty significant that I didn't wanna make because they were very disruptive in life. Just one example was quitting a job that I'd been at for several years, but the job had a very, um, toxic work culture and I was kind of just existing there because I could drink how I wanted to um, uh, working there because it was a pretty, you know, I was overqualified for the job. Um, uh, but the, the, the culture at the job was also causing me to drink to excess and so it was this vicious cycle and there were many, many other life changes I had to make as well but it came many months into the Sinclair Method when I was kind of humbled and realized like okay, I, I can't do this on my own. Like okay, yeah, actually, let me correct myself. Maybe I could do it on my own but it was probably going to take longer. I was probably going to make unnecessary mistakes. I was probably going to stay stuck in habitual patterns of, you know, drinking and drinking through the naltrexone. I was terrified of, you know, losing my motivation enough to, you know, risk doing, going non-compliant. So I really wanted to take this protocol more seriously. And that's when I plugged into support. And regularly I get messages all of the time from people through email and Instagram and YouTube and everywhere where I see people and they're, um, they've got the medication from their doctor and they'll email me asking for advice like, you know, oh, I'm, um, you know, I'm drinking through the medicine. Should I increase my dose? Or, um, you know, should I be taking it every day because my cravings aren't going away? Or uh, how often um, should I plan to drink on the medication? You know, just all of these different nuance questions that people have about the Sinclair method because it's a very nuanced journey. And for many years, I have always responded to these emails, giving specific guidance and helping people to the best of my ability. But what I'm realizing is happening is um, I'm not really serving people by doing that. I just wanted to quickly clarify what I meant by the um, statement where I said when people email me questions about naltrexone and their Sinclair Method journey, and I respond to their emails, um, why it sometimes feels like I'm not really serving them on their Sinclair Method journey. So, you know, there are many, many nuances and hundreds of questions that can come up as someone's on the Sinclair Method, and they vary from where someone's at, whether it's day one all the way through to extinction. And, um, you know, if someone's sending me a message and they need specific guidance for where they're out on the Sinclair Method and I respond, it might be helpful to them in that moment, but then what are they gonna do in another 
week or a month and or a couple months when another question or concern or challenge comes up and they're not plugged into a source of support where they can really trust the advice that they are getting. Um, I feel like maybe I'm, I'm serving them in that moment, but I'm not really serving them for their long-term success on the Sinclair Method. And ultimately, I really want to help people reach extinction on this method. I want to help people get completely free from alcohol use disorder. And an example I might liken this to is like if someone has, you know, diabetes and they really need specific guidance on how to take insulin and when to take insulin and uh, change their diet and lifestyle choices to help them manage their diabetes, would they expect to get, you know, the best advice or the greatest advice by just simply sending an email to their doctor with a one-off question and then expecting to kind of manage it on their own from there? Um, maybe it's not the perfect example, but that's sometimes what it what it feels like where I feel like the level of support and guidance that many people benefit from on the Sinclair method is not going to be translated in a single Instagram message or a single email but it's really going to be having someone with you there from the day you start the method or when you begin the method all the way through to extinction and beyond because there's so many ups and downs so many nuances challenges unexpected things that can happen and if someone is expecting to get support enough to see this treatment all the way through till the end they're not going to probably get that in a one-off email or instagram message so i just wanted to clarify what i what i meant by that like recently i had someone message me who had communicated with me over a year ago and was reaching out again to kind of restart the method and had some questions about it and i remembered communicating with them and was kind of um sad to see that they were having to restart the method again and so um what i see happening when people do this is they're you know, taking the initiative to get the medication and do the treatment on their own, which is going to work for some people. I'm not saying it's, it's not going to work, but what can happen is they are not plugging into and getting the support that will really help them be successful on the method. And perhaps they're not doing that because they don't feel like they are worthy of that support. And I say that because that's how I have felt in my own Sinclair Method journey. I didn't feel worthy of hiring a therapist and having to invest money in someone to help me because I just didn't feel like I was worth that investment in myself. And recently, someone who joined our program said something really similarly where she um, had gotten the medication and she herself was a therapist and she's like, oh, I can figure this out. Like, I know what to do. I'll do this on my own. And when she started on the method, she was really struggling and had all of these questions and just figured, okay, I'm, like, I guess I am going to plug in to support. And now she's in our program and it's funny because she, um, she joined the program and had no intention to join any of our group calls that we offer. Like throughout the week, we have many group calls and now she is saying she loved the loves the group calls she like tries to go to as many as she can um but that was just like another example of someone who was in a really similar situation i was where they were starting the method you know figured okay i'm just gonna do this on my own i have so much shame around it i don't want to have to talk to anyone about it but by plugging into a support system um she was able to uh, really get specific guidance and get the the day-to-day -day support that is so beneficial to this treatment and I'm certainly not saying that our program is obviously the only way I go about it. I know people who have physicians that are really supportive, that they're in touch with regularly. They have therapists. Um, they have community support. I even know some people who go to AA with TSM and find that that works for them. Um, but what I'm saying is that for you to really think about, if you're someone who's on the Sinclair Method and you're doing it all on your own, do you feel supported where you're at? Do you feel like you have guidance to know what the next seven days, 14 days, 30 days, three months, six months, 
can and should look like for you on this journey? Do you have realistic expectations of what the journey should look like? Do you know what to do when you hit roadblocks in the, the road, whether that's, um, you know, going non-compliant or your drinking increasing or being stuck in habitual drinking or using alcohol as a coping tool? Um, really to understand if you feel resourced and if you don't, how can you plug into more support that is really going to guide you through this process? Because again, you are worth it. And understanding that when we're, again, like I was saying earlier, when we're coming to this treatment, we may be in a mindset um, and a belief state where we really don't feel like we are worthy of, you know, making an investment in ourselves, whether it's through therapy or courses or a program like ours, or um, even just a time investment, you know, going to the free TSM meetups or going to AA, maybe we don't know, we don't feel like we're, we're worth that investment. And so we just put it off, do the bare minimum, take the medication, which is great. That's the golden rule. Like that's the absolute starting point of the method. But, um, you know, a lot of people may not be plugging into uh, uh, extra support that can really, again, help them through this protocol. And again, oftentimes because of the mindset that we're in and the way that we view ourselves and the level of respect that we have for ourselves um, when we're starting on this treatment. Again, it can just be, um, you know, alcohol just does such a number on our, our mental health and, and I should say excessive alcohol when we're drinking to excess. And the, the really powerful insight for me was that I didn't even know it. I was kind of, um, deceived, if you will, by the alcohol thinking like, oh, I just drink too much. Okay. I'm going to take this pill and it's going to help me drink less. And as I started on it and started to see the medication work, and then I would see myself consciously drink through the pill or try to find ways to cheat the pill, like not eating a meal or, uh, you know, having a hard liquor drink or something like that. I could just see that I was kind of um, trying to work around the pill, even though I was compliant with it. And, you know, we don't, the, the thing is, is like we only have one life to live. And for many of us, like this problem has often gone on way longer than we have ever wanted it to. And my state of mind now, after going through this with myself and, and now helping others through it, having the honor and privilege to help others through it, is like there is no time to waste. And honestly, this is going to be an uncomfortable journey. And it's kind of like, you know, ripping off that band-aid a little bit. Um, what I see happen for people is they might just... Um, kind of, you know, take their time with the method, which, you know, that's okay. Time is your ally on TSM. We never want to rush people through it. Uh, we often tell people to give this treatment a year at least. Um, but if you're not plugging into the treatment with the appropriate level of support and guidance and just someone to talk to, to connect with, to process through some of the, you know, difficult emotions you might be facing, um, it could take a lot longer to see the results you're after and before you know it a year goes by two years go by and you could still be in a similar place to where you are today and so i guess what i want to say with this video is just for you to recognize like where is my mindset at with regards to how i see myself do i respect myself and you guys honestly i was in such a place with the sinclair method i remember starting it and um as i was like i was going through therapy and working out how to stop using alcohol as a coping tool and how to take better care of myself and not be so depleted and just rely on alcohol to kind of escape and literally you guys how i had to 
uh, learn to take better care of myself was I had to literally imagine myself being somebody else. I had to imagine myself being someone I respected, whether it was my mom or my sister or a friend, uh, because when I thought of myself, I had such a negative uh, mindset toward myself and feeling toward myself. Um, and I largely attribute that to alcohol and other things, but um, I really didn't feel like I deserved respect and kindness and compassion and so um like i said for a while i would be like okay i want to sabotage right now with alcohol how can i uh you know try something else first as like a baby step like maybe i'll drink later but how can i find a different way to cope right now and take care of myself and so i'd be like okay well what if my mom was going through this how would i what advice would i give to her right now how would i treat her right now and that was my way to kind of break out of that self-destructive mindset um, and get to a place where I actually learned to respect and care for myself. Um, but the crazy thing was when I was starting on the Sinclair method, I didn't even know that I didn't respect myself and that I was treating myself so badly and abusing myself so badly with alcohol because of how I viewed myself. And yes, of course, my brain was neurologically addicted to alcohol. So that compulsion was a huge piece of it. But it got to that point because of, um, you know, how I viewed myself and, and the, the way I the way I thought about myself and my worth and, and what I was deserving of. And so, you know, again, just to wrap up this video, I think it's a little bit longer than I intended, but um, recognizing where your mindset is as you're starting on the Sinclair Method or even as you're partway through it and asking yourself honestly, do you respect yourself? Do you treat yourself like somebody that you respect? How, how are you thinking about yourself? How are you talking to yourself throughout the day? And also, are you getting the proper support that you need through the Sinclair method? Are you plugged into um, you know, a therapist you can talk with weekly or however often? Do you have a doctor you can, you can talk with? Are you going to church support or group support or AA or the free TSM groups or the online groups? Are you getting the adequate support to where day in and day out, you feel like you've got this and that no matter what comes your way, you're gonna get through this and that you um, are really investing in yourself, whether that's financially or time-wise, um, just to get to a place where you can become truly empowered over alcohol through the Sinclair Method and not do this treatment in a way where, you know, you're kind of dragging your feet or have one foot in your old life and one foot in your new life, um, but that you're really taking this treatment seriously because like I started with this video, you know, you are worth it. You deserve it. Um, you have a purpose in this life. You have a reason for why you're here. Um, and another thing with alcohol, you guys, is that we um, often forget those deep-seated desires and dreams that we've had for life as alcohol kind of takes up a bigger and bigger part of our life. We kind of put it off these, you know, long-term goals and um, things that we had maybe hoped and dreamed for uh, really instead and swap it out for the instant gratification of the alcohol, that quick fix. And a part of changing our relationship with alcohol and changing our habits and our coping tools is learning delayed gratification, learning to strengthen our coping muscle so that we're no longer stuck in that habituated pattern of, oh my gosh, I'm stressed, like, let me reach for a drink and just get that quick off switch that alcohol brings. Um, and I think that's one of the things, one of the many things that keeps people stuck on TSM is, you know, being unable to break that link between alcohol as a coping tool and being able to break the link between needing that instant gratification um, and that instant fix from alcohol. That's, that's a habit in and of itself. And in one of our course videos, we actually talk about breaking the link between um, alcohol is a coping tool because it is something that 
um, you know, it's, it's a tough habit to break. And we often talk about habit change in general with the Sinclair method. And it's, you know, there's many complex habits that are related to our, our patterns with, with drinking. And that's why, um, you know, I just believe in so much getting support, um, you know, smart groups, smart meetings, there's so many different, um, online support groups and things that can help people change their relationship with alcohol and be in a mindset where you really feel like you're worth this change and not just automatically default to what alcohol has caused many of us to do which is kind of like revert into our little corner you know our secret little place our secret little relationship with alcohol where we're kind of you know drinking alone drinking how we want to hiding it from our family not really being open and honest with you know our struggles and what we're going through it and rightfully so like believe me I know what it was like to struggle with alcohol and drink home alone and sneak drinks and have alcohol stashes you all know that I've gone through that myself um but there's such a freedom that comes with not having anything to hide when it comes to, you know, your patterns and behaviors. And um, one of the first things we often advise people to do is if they're sneaking drinks, it's like, okay, well, you know, so long as your family is supportive of TSM, if they're not, that's another conversation. But um, tr trying to get those drinks out in the open, trying to be um, as open and honest as you can with your Sinclair Method journey. And so, um, yeah, I just want to say, you know, I guess a couple things to wrap up. For the third or fourth time i've been trying to wrap up this video but recognizing that you are worth it you're worth investing in yourself again whether that's time or money or self-care or um you know that, that's something i would do as i was drinking less alcohol i'd like put money in a jar and i'd take myself to get a massage or a pedicure or something so that's really fun to do um to to see the money you save from drinking and invest it in other things but but because you are worth it you're worth overcoming this you have a purpose to live you have a reason for being here and um, you know, oftentimes if we're drinking too much, we can ignore that or delay it and not plug into, you know, who we truly are meant to be in this life. Alcohol can be such a, a ball and chain, excessive alcohol. Um, and I just encourage you all, you know, to seek out support, uh, recognize that you're, you're worth it, you know, plug into meetings, plug into support groups. You can always plug into our program. You can see a therapist, um, do something that is going to edify you and help you be successful in this process of changing your relationship with alcohol because it's so much more than just taking a pill like that's the foundation that's the cornerstone it's crucial but what are you going to do with the changes that come about once you start taking that pill and it starts fixing your brain and you start realizing oh i don't want alcohol as much uh, but here i am drinking it anyway like why is that happening um i've seen people get on the sinclair method and it worked almost too well to where they weren't ready for that change yet and so they kind of put the medication on this on the shelf um and I think even if there were, because sometimes people say, you know, there's no magic pill, but even if there were a magic pill, um, naltrexone, I think would be the closest thing to that. Um, but you know, the, the magic pill wouldn't, you know, undo the years or decades we've spent drinking and find, you know, different ways to spend our time and different coping tools and teach us different life skills that don't just, you know, uh, revolve around reaching for a drink. And, you know, learning more self-control and delayed gratification and uh, finding fulfilling and meaningful things and to do in life um, and not just, you know, spending all of our free time drinking. And I'm really speaking about these things from my own personal struggles and experience uh, primarily. And then also what I've seen with clients and, and folks over the years. So know that you're worth it. You're worth the time investment, the financial investment um, to conquer this problem once and for all. Again, there's no rush but 
also encourage you to not stall, you know, to not drag your feet, to keep focused uh, week in and week out, even if it's just a small thing. You know, some weeks you can only focus on compliance. That's great. But keep looking forward to your future. Keep reminding yourself why you want to make this change. Get excited about, you know, who you will become, how you will feel, what you will do, who you will see, where you will go uh, when you no longer have this uh, issue with alcohol. And um, don't be afraid to ask for help. Like, you know, alcohol has isolated many of us for so, so long. Like, don't let it do that anymore. Plug in to support, speak up, talk about it. Um, be open with family or friends or a private community online. Like, you're worth it. Don't, don't delay any longer. And even if your brain is telling you you're not worth it, just tell it to shut up and, and do it for yourself. Do it for your future. Do it for your loved ones. Do it for the people you will serve, um, you know, once this problem is over. That's something that I often think about, honestly. Like many of us, I learned about this, uh, the Sinclair Method through Claudia Christian's TEDx talk. And just imagine if she wouldn't have conquered this problem. Imagine how many people would not know about this issue. Or imagine if she did conquer it and she kept it to herself, you know, how many people wouldn't know about it. But if she wasn't really committed to the Sinclair Method and committed to see these uh, results, um, man, like, I can't even imagine what the what it would be like today. I, I probably wouldn't know about the Sinclair Method today. And so, you know, the same level of um, responsibility is on you in a sense, like, you know, not to say in the Sinclair Method world, but you have a purpose and a reason to exist in life. You have things to do and to take care of. And the longer we stay stuck in cycles of alcohol use disorder and allow alcohol to kind of dictate what we do in our day-to-day -day lives, the more we put off our, our purpose and our passion and what we're meant to do. So, um, I encourage you to tackle this problem as quickly as you can, but also giving yourself plenty of grace and ease through the process and not rushing it, not forcing it, but taking it seriously because your life depends on it. All right, a little rant from uh, me as I'm out on a walk this Monday afternoon. Um, yeah, okay guys, talk to you later, bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Thrive Alcohol Recovery Podcast. For additional Sinclair Method resources and support, please check out the information in our show notes. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.